This podcast was first broadcast on Fresh FM, the top of the South community access radio station. For more information on Fresh FM, as well as links to other great local podcasts, go on our website freshfm.net or download the accessmedia.nz app.
Well, good evening. It's Sunday, August the 15th, and it's 1973, and that was uh, Dear uh, and the theme from That's a really, really original song. Wow. Well, it's Richard Strauss. Yeah. I mean, from 2001, A Space Odyssey. Well, well, are you saying they took music Stole from someone it. else? Well, it's maybe an early, exa- an early example of sampling. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It was, it's, um, it's pretty good, I think. Oh, whoever, whoever thought, hey, let's get the theme from 2001 and put a jazz funk beat to it then mm. I think it's pretty clever don't you uh, yeah I think it is yeah maybe not I think they might be German even this, this band but I really don't know much about them. I could be, I could believe that it's not like me to come along and not know anything is it no no not it's at never all. happened before mm-hmm. so so last week you were saying I've you've got nothing else to say about 1973 well now I've come up with some things well you suggested we might make some things up so I hope you haven't fabricated anything okay well in the interests of you know you can check if this story is a fabrication the story the story of Martin Cooper he was the inventor of the cell phone in 73 yep 1973 did he invent the cell phone was invented in 1973 yep Uh, well it wasn't like modern cell phones Uh, it cost one million dollars to make and it weighed about 2.5 pounds and if if you see a photo of it (laughs) it's just this big block a million dollars yeah it cost it to make Wow. Yeah. And it's just this big sort of. Who, who could you talk to if you got one? Oh, you could um, phone. You could uh, phone landlines, couldn't you, I guess? Yeah, you could. You no could one f- else on a cell phone. There's only one. Oh, well, there's only one cell phone, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, that's the point. You know, you want to make the first. There has oh, to be a first cell phone, first you know. One, yeah. But you might want to make two so you could like, mm. phone your yeah. friend or something, I guess. Mm. I don't know. Not yet. So, anyway, uh, Martin Cooper, he was a Navy veteran from Chicago. And he worked on handheld radios for the police prior um, in, like, 1967. Mm-hmm. Uh, he joined Motorola in 1957. And uh, Motorola is this small startup company that's working in communications. Uh, and they decide they want to be get ambitious and make the first cell phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, unfortunately for them, they're competing with AT&T. They're already one of the biggest companies for communications in America. And they are they, already... They do the landlines, don't they, and stuff? Yes, well, you know. they're, they're yeah, an established yeah, phone yeah. company. And they're developing their own cell phone technology. So the race is surely going to be won by A&T, T&T, right? Um, however, A&T, T&T decide only to limit their thinking to cars only. They're thinking uh-huh. of car phones, not right. actual cell phones where you can carry them wherever you want. Because no one's going to walk around talking on a phone, are they? Mm, Everyone's no. going to talk when they're driving, aren't they? Yes, that's... That's what happens. Mm-hmm. Actually, that does happen, but anyway. Yeah. Um, so Cooper was thinking about phone for everywhere, and that's one of the reasons why he was able to get ahead and make the first cell phone that was... Um, Quite expensive. I mean, it was very expensive, but it was all worth it because uh, one just before he was about to debut um, it at a conference in New York, he decided to phone somebody in front of a uh, rather plucky journalist who had found him earlier, and uh-huh. the person he decided to phone was none other than the head of A&T&T's uh. communications division f- for um, new technology called Dr. Joe Engel. He called him up and said, hey, I've just invented the first cell phone. Did he really? Yeah. That's good. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And apparently he didn't receive any reply. And the, the guy didn't talk back to him? No. <laughs> well, you wouldn't, would you? Well, what do you say? Well, I, something beginning with F or, you know, I don't know, <laughs> something... What would you say? Uh, well, Cooper said, in "Oh crap!" <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, what do you? I mean, you know, we've spent all this money trying mm. to develop it. I'm sure they, you know, so they were the first motorola with the first, but it doesn't mean they were mm-hmm. the best always, were they? But well, um, I, I don't know what they him. made afterwards, but yeah, yeah, uh, 
Well, they became a big company, I think. Mm. They became a big company okay. going Motorola, yeah, yeah. I see. Yeah. No, well, thank you. I'm going to check if that's true now. Cause <laughs> it's a good story. Yeah. I like the fact that he phoned His the other person and said, kind of up yours, a bit. <laughs> a little bit, maybe. Hey, I've just invented the first cell phone. Yeah. It's very, it's very cheeky. It's very cheeky and quite cocky. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. This is uh, Bob Marley and the Wailers.
Marley and the Wailers and Stir It Up from 1973. Uh, you, you've been intriguing me during that song, saying all sorts of cryptic things. Okay. I'm sure you're making all this up, but I haven't, yeah. ch- I haven't checked on the other story. Yeah, yet, these are facts I'm making up out of thin air. Well, I doubt you. I don't think yeah. you do that. Mm-hmm. So is, it's a bank heist. You're going to tell me a story of a bank heist, or us? Um, Just me, because no one else is listening. But do you want me to say now? A bank heist. Okay. Well, well sure. you, you, can't, you can't say I've got a really interesting... Right. Bank high story and not tell it's anyone. A, it's a bit long, but I'll tell it to someone. It's like someone who says, you know, do you know something? And then they say, and you say, no. And oh, they say, oh, don't, forget about it. Okay. No, I don't want to tell you now. Let's and it's go like, into it. Really? Uh, this is the Sarijas uh, Credit Bank and Bank Heist. It happened on August the 23rd of 1973. An escaped convict enters a bank in Sweden's capital, and he's called Jan Erik Olsson. Uh-huh. He pulls out a mach- submachine gun and then takes fire at the ceiling, saying, uh, the party has started in an American accent, and then he takes four hostages while wounding a police officer in the hand. Uh-huh. Uh, he then demands 700000 in Swedish and foreign currency, a getaway car, and the release of Clark Olofsson, who is a convicted robber. Uh, police delivered the money, the car, and also the, uh, the convict, uh, Clark Olofsson, but they failed to negotiate for the hostages, and then they become stuck for five days trying to get these hostages safely released. Um, but the guys got what they wanted? Yeah, but they... For some Right, okay. But he wants to walk out with the hostages with him, for some reason. Ah. He doesn't want well, them to leave well, them behind. They might just shoot him, I guess. Mm. And he's walking out. Yeah. Olsen is a rather odd man who had one of the um, police officers who immediately responded to the scene to get them to sit in a chair and then sing. So he's... A bit of an old man. He got got one of the police officers who responded to the scene uh, to get into a uh, chair and sing. So he's a bit of an odd man. I think think saying this party has started in an American accent is an odd thing to do in Sweden. Mm, It is. Yeah. And so the standoff ensues, but it gets even weirder because Olsen ends up um, making a bond with his hostages. Yeah. 
for, so for example, Olsen draped a wool jacket over uh, a hostage called Kristen Enmark when she was cold. Yeah. He soothed her when she had a bad dream and gave her a bullet as a keepsake. Because you'd really want one, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. Like someone's been holding you hostage with a machine gun, mm-hmm. you want to have a bullet. Mm-hmm. That's what you want, yeah. Just like then Brigitte a memento to remember him by. Mm, indeed, yeah. indeed. Brigitte Lundbold couldn't reach her family by phone, so Olsen encouraged her, saying, don't give up, try again. Right, okay. <laughs> so he's encouraging her, uh, you know. Well, they, you know, there's this, there's this uh, uh, obviously this thing called Stockholm Syndrome where people form a bond with their... their hostage yeah uh mm-hmm. taker don't they yep they do yeah uh elizabeth oldgren complained of claustrophobia he allowed her to walk outside <laughs> to leave yeah but leashed to a 30 foot rope he tied a rope around yes her. and then she, she was allowed to walk outside and right. you know leave her claustrophobia yeah and eventually this just this just led to the hostages being on a first name basis with eric right and um they ended up actually distrusting the police and being more fearful, fearful of the police because they were worried about the police, you know, trying to, um, you know, take them. And yeah. then and it ends up them dying because he's, you know, they're... Yeah, uh, or, or them shooting them by mistake or something or something. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, they become more fearful of the situation the police could correct. But then after 130 hours, the police just pumped tear gas into the vault and the perpetrators uh, surrender. But the captors then refused to go with the police. Right. Yeah. And um, in the doorway of the vault, the captors and the convicts actually kiss and embrace. The two hostages, two of the hostages yell out, don't harm them, they didn't harm us. And one has- hostage asked afterwards, um, is there something wrong with me? Why didn't I hate them? Yeah. So um, this just baffled a lot of people who, you know, followed this story. And psychiatrists compared the behavior to shell shock that uh, soldiers suffer when, yeah, after yeah. they go into war. Um and so they dubbed the phenomenon uh, Stockholm Syndrome after the city it takes place in. Yes. I kind of, I, I just, I didn't know that story. Yeah. Actually. And I'm sorry I ruined it by mentioning Stockholm Syndrome. In yeah, the you did. You ruined it. I'm really sorry. In the middle of it. I'm sorry. I just. <laughs> but I couldn't have, com- I couldn't have, you know, predicted that. Yeah. We should prepare more, maybe, <laughs> before we do these things. No, it's better if I leave you in the dark and then you can react. Yeah. Yeah. Naturally. Yeah. That's where it comes from. Yes, it does. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And it's quite, it's quite a common thing now. Mm. No. Yeah. It, it actually, um, Enter the popular lexicon uh, from the Patty Hearst case, where she joins us. Oh, I was just going to mention Patty yeah. Hearst, and now you've ruined yeah. it. Oh, sorry, oh, you've stolen it all. And we <laughs> stole each other's stuff. That's oh, fine. That's fine. It's going up. She joined. It was like about how she was indoctrinated into believing she's part of a liberation army. Well, she was. She was. She was taken hostage, and then she ended up robbing banks on behalf of the liberation army. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. But um, the Symbionese Liber- Liberation Army. Yeah. or something. People a fascinating s- story. Yeah, she was. The, she was like the, the 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 daughter of you know Randolph Hearst, the multi-millionaire tycoon. Oh, really? So she wasn't like she wasn't just a, a random person. No, 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 no. She was. Right. She was like a kind of important pillar of society. I see. Yeah. Huh. Just fascinating. How it happens, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And that was the first example of it. Or well, not the uh, first example. The first, first documented time. example that then. Well, then they used the name for it. Yeah. Yeah. Involves in the study of this yeah, phenomenon. Yeah. Hmm. The, the tying a rope around somebody and the walk thirty feet was just must have been just bizarre really. <laughs> yeah 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 oh, thank you jack mm. uh this is david bowie
was David Bowie and Panic in Detroit from the album Aladdin Sane. So he was inventing himself, reinventing himself every year, really. Mm. David Bowie, different image, different kind of stuff. Uh, you've got a public service announcement now, you tell me. Uh, yeah. Is that right? I think it's quite... It's like, um, a, like a safety announcement? What, what is it, like a safety announcement or something? Is it? Uh, yes, it's about water safety. Water safety? Well, uh, we all need to know about water safety. Mm, but it's going to be a quite a different ex- uh, public service announcement from... Which country, which country is it from? Uh, from England. Right. And it's... Uh, so, d- it's, it's actually... Um, it features the Grim Reaper, and he's narrated oh. by Donald Pleasance, who is a oh. actor who plays a lot of evil, insane, and fanatical characters in films. Yes. Hmm. I think he was in The Exorcist, wasn't he? Uh, I think so. Yes, I, th- I think he played the, the priest or something. I can't quite remember. No, maybe not. Yeah. Anyway... Are we gonna? Are we, do you want me to just play it? Yep. It features the Grim Reaper. Yeah. So picture the gl- it, Grim is Reaper. Gonna, like, scare me with all these. Um, Am I going to sleep tonight? Uh, yeah. Well, we'll see. Well, I don't know if I want to hear either it. Either way, you know. All right. It, it, this is about water safety. 1973. This is called Lonely Water. I am the spirit of dark and lonely water, ready to trap the unwary, the show-off, the fool. And this is the kind of place you'd expect to find me. But no one expects to find me here. It seems too ordinary. But that pool is deep. The boy is showing off. The bank is slippery. The show-offs are easy. But the unwary ones are easier still. This branch is weak, rotten. It'll never take his way. Only a fool would ignore this. But there's one born every minute. Under the water there are traps. Old cars, bedsteads, weeds, hidden depths. It's the perfect place for an accident. Oh, look, there's someone in the water. Quick, use that big stick to get him out. Sensible children. I have no power over them. Oh, mate, that's a stupid place to swim. Hey, go over and get that thing to wrap him in. You don't feel cold, mate. How long was you in there? Ew, thing. I'll be back. My word, that's scary. Yes. He's like, like sensible children, I have no power that over them. That was a water safety ad in 1973 called Lonely Water. Lonely Water. Oh, just mm-hmm. a TV ad. Yes, for te- so and it scared I don't remember children. that because it was scared. That would have scared me. Well, yeah, I don't know. I was if you seven saw it. then. Seven? Pro- no, I was nine or something. Mm, yeah, you would have. You might have seen it. I can't remember. I, c- I think I remembered. I probably would have had nightmares. Mm, okay, Donald Pleasance. Yes, uh, and if if you, it's like he's praying on, you know, he's like like waiting for them yeah. to, you know, to fall in the water. The silly children and the. You the know, foolish children. The foolish ones. But then the sensible children, I have no power over them. Yeah. And you that could, was the point of the ad. Yeah. Hmm. You couldn't make that these days. It would just, you know, just like be... Well, I don't know, some of those... Well, back then... Uh, uh, some of those, 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 those car crash adverts are pretty horrible, aren't they? Yes, they They're are. On TV. In, yeah. New, in New Zealand, I feel like uh, you know, the people who make car crash adverts have like this unlimited freedom to do what... To, you know, make the... Yeah public well, um, information film however it, they want if it shocks one person if they're not drinking and driving then it's probably quite mm. good isn't it but um, i mean i think it's important actually to have that creative freedom in 
public information films about safety because uh, this apparently was effective. And oh, was it? it was in response to um, the number of um, child, child, fat fa- child fatalities for drowning. Um, I don't know how much of an effect it had, but um, it did. Well, it stopped every child going near any water, probably. And I don't want to have a bath yeah, tonight. Some now. children actually. I'm scared of getting in the bath. I mean, yeah, seriously. Are, are you saying that you Donald Pleasant's like a child? Turn up and something. Mm-hmm. Well, I might be foolish. Well, um, fall asleep in the bath. Uh, so ch- children actually. Uh, I'd like to watch it though, because I'd like to see the the imagery. Uh, yeah, the imagery is um, of a uh, North London river. Yeah. And it has children playing and yeah. they fall in and yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Um, at the end they, you know, get a pole to, you know, get one of the children out and then one of the little girls actually um, you know, picks up the Grim Reaper's rope that has just fallen onto the floor because, you know, he, he no longer has any power. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, he she throws it into the river and then that's when he says the line, I'll be back. Right. And this was made uh, eleven years before the Terminator. Yes. I don't think James Cameron took that line from that <laughs> public safety film and then yeah, used it. Yeah, good point. Possibly, maybe, who knows. Mm. Oh, thank you, Jack. That was quite illuminating, if if a little bit scary. Uh, this is Roxy Music and Do The Strand. There's a new sensation A fabulous creation A danceable solution To teenage revolution
Roxy Music can do the strand for the album For Your Pleasure. So it's a 1973 and this is totally wide and I'm looking forward to the World Cup next year. Yeah. 1974 really World Cup. Oh, that's going to be a good one. It's going to be good, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, England is an excellent site. They beat Austria 7-0. Yeah. Which it's, is... It's in the bag. It's incredible. Yeah. And they only have to beat Poland, which is just this, you know, dingy little Eastern European country under the oh, Soviet curtain. Don't, don't, their, don't say dingy, you know, Don't say dingy. With their failing economy yeah. and... Insult, insult the Poles. With all their... You anyway, know, Soviet politicians anyway. destroying their country. Yes, <laughs> they can't yes. beat England. Hold on, I'm, I'm just getting some news. Are you? Oh, the results of the game are in. Oh, England have surely hammered them. At it's 1 1, final score. And Poland won in Poland. Oh, no. So England, England aren't going to qualify for the World Cup. They haven't qualified for the uh, World Cup. I Jack, I've been here before. I'm reliving it again. Why are you doing that to me? I just can't believe it. I, what happened? What went wrong? Okay, so I now have the statistics, and England had 36 shots on target. Yeah. And the only one that they scored was a penalty. Right. So their goalkeeper was just performing excellently Yes. Um, for this game, and then Poland only had two shots on target, which was a goal that they scored in the second half. Yes. And um, so this football game ends up uh, preventing a talented English side from getting to the World Cup in a big upset. But the Poles, um, this was a um, apparently a golden generation for Polish football. And they end up going on to finish third in 1974. Yes, they were a good team. They deserved to beat England and <laughs> go through to the World Cup uh-huh. finals, clearly. It was a golden age for Polish football. Uh, yeah. yeah. And then England is... Um, yeah, England of football. It, what it, can you it do? always has its golden generation. Every generation is the golden, golden. generation. Well, if you, if you talk it up, it can be, can't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I don't know why he brought that up, really. Mm. You know, it's the first day of the football season in England, well, the Premiership, anyway. Yeah. Now you've, now you've just, like, brought it all back, crashing down that <laughs> the England football team aren't very good. Uh-huh. And will always so disappoint. Maybe then we should just fast forward to the futuristic year of 2021, where... Uh, where they disappoint again. Oh, well... <laughs> why are you bringing why are you just <laughs> don't they are they going to win something in 2021 then oh I have a good feeling you know do you 
I mean, it will be the uh, what the sixty-fifth anniversary of uh, the World Cup, fifty-six. But anyway, and then they could win, you know, a tournament tournament that happens then that is postponed due to an unforeseen event. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's not going to happen, Jack. I can tell you now. Okay, England and football will always disappoint. Um, This is uh, Iggy in the Stooges. in the studios and uh, Search and Destroy from the album Royal Power pretty good stuff mm. from 1973 
So you've told us really t- two not very nice stories, really. You had the Grim Reaper and then English football. Yeah. Have you got, have you got something that's better than something that's going to make me happy, please? Or something, just something uh, better? I don't know if this will make you happy, but um, I have a story about a UFO sighting. Oh, I quite uh, like UFOs. Yeah. Random crazy man who said it was the darndest thing I've ever seen. Uh, so he actually saw this in 1969, um, but he saw it in... But he wrote down the um, official report in 1973. Uh, you waited four so years? Yes. Um, and he had, he had a reason for doing so. Okay. But in 1969, he was standing outside a restaurant with 20 people. Uh, a green light appears in the western sky, got brighter and brighter, and then it started changing colours from white to red to blue. Um, but And it was a sort of weird light. It didn't have a solid substance. And eventually it disappeared. Uh-huh. And... Um, this man was called Jimmy Carter. I don't know who this man is, but um, right. uh, he's cu- currently the uh, governor of Georgia. Mm. And um, he had to write it down because um, uh, he was asked, asked to, um, since he said that he report he had uh, seen a UFO. Right. And um, later on, he'll say, uh, I will never make fun of anyone who says they've seen a UFO, and I'll declassify all the files about UFOs. When he becomes president. Mm-hmm, yeah. So, so you said there were 20 people outside a restaurant with him? Uh, yeah. So those 20 people also saw the UFO? Uh, yeah, they did. And they all wrote down the same thing? Um, I think most of them didn't write down a story. Mm. And a lot of them said they didn't remember it. Right. Which is odd, because I think Carter said that <laughs> they had been discussing it for just a few minutes afterwards, right. wondering what it was. Hey, did you see that thing? And that's, Could it have been a UFO? And then yeah. years later, people said, no, I don't remember anything. Mm. Yeah, it's strange how a memory works because uh, Carton also says that he saw it in October, but apparently he was at this restaurant in uh, January. So a massive nine-month gap. Yeah. Hmm. Or a three-month gap. Nine-month. Right. Depends uh, on which which which. Because it well it stayed in nineteen sixty-nine. Uh, right. So, okay. Yeah. And uh, the, the reason why we know that is because actually this was investigated. Uh, by the US government. Right. And eventually, they were able to come to a conclusion to what Jimmy Carter oh. saw. And so, in 2016, it was disclosed to uh, Jimmy Carter's family that uh, this was actually a military experiment uh, with a missile and barium. Yeah. And barium is a element, it is a chemical, and it was uh, released into the atmosphere. It's a gas, isn't it? Yeah, a gas. Yeah. Um, and the way it um, it works is that it changes, uh, I think, light and how intense it is. And at the same time, I think there was uh, some, you know, stars in the sky. Was there? And um, like there are sometimes. Well, yeah. yeah. Uh, this was late at night, and um, it then changed uh, how the stars appeared with the barium cloud. And once the cloud dis- um, dispersed, uh, yeah, I mean, they're always going to say that, aren't they? They're always going to come up with some story. <laughs> You think it's fake, the story? The story of the the military is a fake story Uh about an an experiment with some barium. So which is more likely, that um, they're experimenting with... I think it's much more likely that the the future president of the USA, who was a peanut farmer, saw a UFO. Okay. Well, even he doesn't believe that it was um, an alien object. What does he think it was? Did he believe the military thing? 
or I, 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 I assume he did because he says that he himself doesn't believe that an alien who, spacecraft yeah. came down because it um, would interfere with his knowledge of physics. Yeah, if you're an alien race, who who are you going to show yourself to? Who are you going to come down and you know say and fly above the restaurant of the person who is is, who is the future president? Future president, and they know the future because they. They, they they meddle with time and stuff, don't they? Uh-huh. I mean, we've watched Doctor Who and oh, exactly. there were aliens. Star Trek, yeah, Star yeah. Wars and those things. We know all those things. Aliens yeah. don't have a same Those things thing are more realistic than uh, government uh, research papers and documents. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't believe anything, really. <laughs> but it's a good story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And he had to write it down because it's four years later because they told him to. Well, yeah, he was the governor of Georgia and... I think he was actually in Oklahoma at the time, and then he was just asked to write down yeah. his. See, maybe he'd eaten some story. cheese or something, like bad cheese in the restaurant, or some like, you know, some seafood that wasn't very good, and it just caused him to see things. Uh, the happens. document happens. was actually quite accurate with um, the specifics part, of the part experiment. From the date, <laughs> just, yeah, just nine months out. Well, mm. How does that work? Oh, uh, I mean, are, are there events in your life that you can't pinpoint the exact date down to? There's Thousands of events in my life that I can't can you remember even, what you I ate yesterday? No, I can't remember what yesterday. Yep. Indeed. So you know, I, I, I agree. But seeing a UFO is pretty significant, isn't it? Uh, not that I've ever yep. seen one. Anyway, thank you, Jack. Jimmy Carter sees a UFO. That's a much better story than England losing f- at football. Uh, this is a three dog night.
King Harvest and Dancing in the Moonlight and before that um, Shambhala by Three Dog Night. I noticed when I was um, thinking about songs to play for 1973 that there were a few songs that were, that were like kind of songs that maybe I shouldn't like but I really really like like okay. those, those two. Yeah. Almost like you know? Yes. Like actually they're quite they're pretty uh, Go on you, you say what you think. What do I think? Um, uh, they're a bit cheesy. Yeah, okay. You could the say way that. you mentally visualise these songs. Yeah. Um, you could see it at the end of a um, feel-good movie. Or like a, bad, a, a bad disco or something. Or a bad, um, you know, comedy romance film. Really? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But, um, that, that, but I mean, these ruined, are enjoyable ruined, songs. That's kind of just ruined the whole... Really? Uh, my enjoyment what? of the... No, is it really? <laughs> no, I'm joking. They're good songs, I don't care. But I, I know what you're saying. Mm. They're kind of... Yeah, cheesy is probably a good word, isn't it? Yeah, but I still think um, the song is, um, despite having parts that make it quite uh, predictable and cheesy, so when it was it's still enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, to yeah, listen to. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like it's like listening to Abba, I guess, isn't it? Or the Carpenters. Mm. Uh, in my mind, good, though, these songs are liable to be, um, or they are vulnerable, and they can be vulnerable? ruined by vulnerable. Well, I don't know. In my mind, like if I, if the, this song is played over and over again, um, from ads, ads, it can ruin the song for me. Oh, uh, these types of songs can be yeah, ruined. Adverts can, in, in my mind. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. because when we were in the sixties a few months ago, I I played some like Petula Clark, and you thought mm. it was terrible <laughs> business, didn't you? Yeah, you know, 
It's actually a great song. Mm. But oh, you didn't. You know the song uh, Jitterbug? It's, Jitterbug. It, it's in the 80s. We're going to the 80s. Yeah, I um, do. By it, Wham. Yeah, by Wham. I mean, it. I should not like that song. You I should, really you, shouldn't. You shouldn't, Jack, no. No, but I do. And in fact, you know, we're going we're gonna to get into the late 70s and you're, you're going to mention a group that you shouldn't like as well, but we'll do that later, yeah. in, the, later in the future. Mm. Yeah, but if that was played over and over again um, on, in an advert, I probably Jack, would end up hating Jack, that song. Jack, if you lived through the 80s, it was played over and over again. Ah, I see, you I know, see. That's why you don't... You weren't born then. Right, yeah. And that's understandable if you don't like that sort of, the sort of songs. Yeah, well, definitely. Mm. I guess, and there's probably people who think, King Harvest, oh, I hate that song. I heard it so much when mm. in 1973 at the disco. Uh-huh. Um, so 1973, you're going to... You're gonna, ruin it by scaring us again aren't you scaring us you've got another scary story haven't you uh i just had a fact about spiders was well, uh, some of our listeners are afraid of spiders i'll just say well that. i mean they wouldn't be afraid of these spiders really because they are thousands of thousands of miles above them in space spiders in space yes yeah um researchers sent spiders to space just to test whether they could spin webs in weightlessness condition in weightlessness condition um in weightless conditions and they could uh, yeah, they could. Spiders are clever, aren't they? Uh, Even though they're scary. They're not that clever. They get easily scared by humans. Yeah, no, I think... And testing their cognitive abilities doesn't, you know, suggest that they're particularly clever. Anyway. I think spiders are really clever. Sure. Okay, so that's all we've got time for, really. Um, this has been 973, and we're finished. And this is Total Wired on Fresh FM. I mean, a real animal that is clever is, like, ravens. Like, they have proper problem-solving abilities and you know dolphins you didn't know, you hear me i said we're finished uh, okay you, we can talk yeah, about thanks dolph- for listening dolphins next week okay but i think spiders are clever for spinning webs in space but um, that doesn't make them clever that just means that they can do stuff in witless environments we're finished with a very short snippet from the greatest bond it's theme not connected ever. to intelligence it's, it's called live and let die thank you good night good night <laughs> when you were young and your heart was an open book Used to say, live and let live. You know you did, you know you did, you know you did. But if this ever-changing world in which we live in makes you give in and cry, say, live and let die. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this podcast available by funding the Access Media Project. Other great podcasts from Fresh FM are available through the accessmedia.nz app or our website freshfm.net.